This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning to you. It is Giving Tuesday, coined by social media, I believe. It's also the... Final Tuesday in the month of November. Man Alive, we are closing in on December. Week 12 of the NFL season is now in the rearview mirror. And we have yet another coaching change. Oi. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I have not yet been brave and bold enough to post the photo of my burned up charred pie. My my burned out pie. Black. Crust is gone. The walnut mixture on top is crisp, to say the least. (laughs) I don't even like burnt toast, much less a burnt pie, but I'm telling you it was on fire. Uh, Someone wrote in on Facebook and said, you might as, I guess the, the idea would be to put out the fire. You don't give it any oxygen, so you close the oven door and just let it burn itself out. Hell no, I wasn't leaving a fire burning in my oven. That was not happening. It's a, it's a dangerous game. <laughs> yeah, it would have completely turned my oven black, and then I would have had to try to clean it out, which would have been really difficult. So no, I wanted to get it out of the oven as quickly as possible, but once the fire was on my stove and the pie was burning up steadily <laughs> and the flames were shooting four and five inches up into the air, I, I really wasn't, I didn't really know what to do after that. <laughs> But I used a potholder. I feel like I followed my my training from watching Chicago Fire and other Smothered. dramas, other dramas on TV. <laughs> I put the fire out. You know, I could have picked up the pie plate, stopped, dropped, and rolled. <laughs> Just covered in pie. But the fire would be out. The fire would definitely be out if I'm feeling bold and and. I don't know what else, brave, then I will post the photo, the before and after photo. Or actually the after and before photo because I did make a second pie and it was delicious and also beautiful, aesthetically pleasing. I never put it back in the broiler, though. I defied the instructions and just put it back in the oven. Are you ever going to 
or put a pie in the broiler again, you think? Mm. Or that's mm. Only if I'm watching it like a hawk. Maybe if I hadn't left it in for as long as I did, it wouldn't have lit on fire, except by the time I got to the pie, it was fully engulfed. It's not like the the fire was just starting. So I, it this didn't, thing was on a mission. I didn't leave it in there for that long. Uh, the broiler is definitely hot. My oven runs on gas, and so it's definitely hot, but I wasn't expecting that. Never said anything. Well, that's not true. One time I left chips in the oven. I didn't have any place in my cupboard to put them, and so I put bags of chips in the oven and then turned it on and forgot they were in there. Oh, no. So, <laughs> I can't say that it's the first fire I've ever started in my oven. It would be the second, but I was really bummed about my pie. <laughs> and the chips. Eh, they're more easily replaceable. So Joe writes in on social media, on Twitter, A-Law Radio, first pie, you were Auburn, second, you were Alabama. Nice. <laughs> yes. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on Facebook, also on our show Twitter. We've got the poll for TD of the week and also our show question of the night. Based on the latest move by David Tepper, who are the worst owners in sports? Frank Reich becomes the second consecutive head coach that he fires midseason. Last year it was Matt Rule. Steve Wilkes assumed the head coaching job as the interim. Guys played well for him, actually won a few games. He didn't get retained when the season was done. He hires Frank Reich when he can't get to Ben Johnson, who's the offensive coordinator in Detroit, chose to stay with the Lions and Dan Campbell. Next best thing is a former NFL QB and a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator. Frank Reich gets the job. As the rumor goes, well, there are plenty of reports out there. Frank actually wanted to draft C.J. Stroud with the number one pick when the Panthers made the move and traded with the Bears for number one overall. He reportedly wanted C.J. David Tepper wanted Bryce Young. So they drafted Bryce number one overall and tried to put pieces around him. That would help him as a rookie QB. They threw him into the fire immediately. Forget whether or not he's ready to go. Now let's just throw him out there because that's what's going to put butts in the seats. They did beat the Texans, which is interesting because that's where C.J. Stroud is starting. But they're 1-10. in And reportedly, after their loss to the uh, Titans excuse me, in Nashville on Sunday, Tepper was... Heard leaving the locker room using choice words that I cannot repeat on the air and was audibly angry and visibly frustrated. And the move comes on Monday with some succinct and trite statement about how we thank Frank Reich for his service and yada, yada, yada. But again, if you look at the roster, you're talking about a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young who's getting thrown into the fire behind an offensive line that's had a bunch of injuries but also is makeshift. You don't have a viable tight end. Your wide receiver core is Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, and DJ Chark. How many of those guys were drafted number one overall in your fantasy league? How many of those guys were still available after round two? or round three, or round five. 
Miles Sanders has had some nice runs for them. Not a lot. He's behind Chuba Hubbard. All right. I mean, tell me who on this offensive roster is supposed to help Bryce Young. They're just putting it together. A lot of those guys are brand new Panthers, just like Bryce, just like Frank. How in the world do you build a winning culture if you never give it time? It's like planting a seed. I like to grow tomatoes every now and then. Probably every other summer, I'll grow tomato plant. It takes them a long time. They start out as little bitty green balls. If I picked them off the plant when they were little bitty green tomatoes, baby green tomatoes, they would never get to the pretty cherry red tomatoes that I really love that are tasty. If you plant tulips or daffodils, you got to wait. You got to wait for them to sprout some roots and grow. Or as Tom Brady puts it, and I think this is such an incredible piece of analysis, and Brady gives us this every weekend on Fox once he takes over with Kevin Burkhart, I'll be thrilled. I've never thought about it this way, but his reaction to Frank Wright getting fired on his Let's Go radio show. It's like trying to learn a language. You go on to learn English for one year, okay? Great. And you want to, how will you be in your second year? Better. How will you be in your third year? Way better. In your fourth year, better. What if you, every year you had to switch language? You go English one year. Okay, now we're going to start back in, at French. Okay, now we're going to go to Chinese. Okay, now we're going to go to German. Okay, now we're going to go to Spanish. It's really hard to build up any of that consistency and continuity. So you can never really go deep on the playbook. You can never go deep on situations. So I was a beneficiary of a lot of coaching changes over the years because we were beating teams. They couldn't get over the hump. They were all trying to beat the team that I played for. And when they couldn't, they ended up firing the coach, which in the end helped us even more. So, you know, you think sometimes you're solving a problem by firing the coach. I don't know. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you can create more problems too. So you really better know what you're doing if, if that's the case. Tom Brady on Sirius XM NFL radio. Let's go with Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald. And actually, Larry was shocked about it, too. Um, and we'll see if we can let you hear his reaction. Uh, there's so many things about this that are completely and utterly wrong. And David Tepper's the root of that. But what Brady says is, yeah, as other teams are attempting to keep up with the Patriots for 20 years or trying to figure out the right formula to compete with the Patriots and go toe-to-toe as they're searching for their own combination of Belichick and Brady... They just keep changing coaches. And that actually benefits the Patriots. Never thought about it that way. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Constant change equals constant losing in sports. There are multiple examples of this in the NFL. When you're changing the key positions, whether it's the front office, the head coach, the quarterback, your offensive line, I mean, all of these positions are critical. And how is anyone supposed to get to know a system, a voice, a style of leadership? How are they supposed to find any cohesion as a locker room? How are they supposed to have any confidence? How do you put down roots? But how do you build anything if after 10, 11, 12 games... You chuck it and start over. 
Do you know in the last two, we're, we're not even two full seasons, right? So 22 and now half of 23. The Panthers, including the interim coaches, have had four head coaches in not even two full seasons. The analogy that Brady uses about the different languages is so true. But also to the detriment of your rookie quarterback that you so desperately want to succeed. How does this help? And then when it comes to free agents, now coaches are always going to jump, especially if they've never had a chance before. They're always going to jump because there's only so many opportunities. David, was it Cully in Texas? He takes that job with the Texans knowing he's the sacrificial lamb. He was about their ninth choice when they finally hired him. He'd been a lifer in the NFL. 40 years, right? He'd been in the NFL. Will you Google it and tell me where he is now? Because I don't actually know. He knew more than likely he was a short-term fix. They just needed a body to keep the seat warm. But he took the job because he wanted the opportunity. Jay tells me he's not coaching this year in the NFL. He took the job because he wanted the chance, wanted to get his name out there, finally wanted to be a head coach after all his years of waiting. And so I give him credit. So yes, someone will take the job with the Panthers. But free agents, guys who will have maybe other opportunities, why would you choose Carolina? You know it's relatively short-term. Think about it, same thing in Washington. And I know Ron Rivera's been there for a few years, but they're nonstop revolving door at quarterback. It's one of the reasons why they can't win. The Browns and Browns fan base know this well because they have been through it for years before Kevin Stefanski. How many times they changed head coaches, general managers, not to mention quarterbacks. Ask the Colts how that's going. I mean, this year they're actually 6-5. and five. It's crazy because their rookie quarterback is injured, but... They'd been stuck in mediocrity, too, and and worse since Andrew Luck retired from football. The Raiders, even the Chargers. Now, they've got a little stability here with Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert. They've got other issues. Cardinals, they're constantly changing quarterbacks and trying new coaches. David Tepper would have been better off just promoting Steve Wilkes and removing the interim, but he wanted an offensive coach who could guide his choice for the number one overall quarterback, the number one overall draft pick, which was Bryce Young. And now that it's blown up royally, no wonder they can't win. It doesn't surprise me at all that they're losers. And I'm not referring to the people. I'm referring to the franchise. Because you have so little patience. If it doesn't work immediately, you crumple it up. Well, or you put it in the broiler, set it on fire, and then throw it out. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. So in light of David Tepper and his decisions that have led them to this place, who are the worst owners in pro sports? Matt is listening in North Carolina. Matt, welcome to After Hours. Hey, good morning, uh, Amy. Uh, morning. Enjoy your show as always, and uh, 
your story about the pie. <laughs> that, that, I wish it wasn't true, but it's so true, every bit of it. And uh, David Tepper, you know, you, you learned from your mistake. You did not put the pie back under the boiler. <laughs> Tepper keeps putting the pie under the boiler and setting this franchise on fire. <laughs> he keeps sticking his nose into football decisions. I do believe he had a good deal on the Bryce Young decision. Whether or not the coaches were completely on board, we'll probably never know for sure. But even so, that is not he, – he, he, he knows nothing about football. He is not qualified to make those decisions. People have made, you know, the analogy in the past. It's like an a, uh, owner of a restaurant trying to tell his head chef how oh, to cook a meal. Right. <laughs> so – We have no, you know, the fans here have no confidence that the next guy he hires or the next GM, if if they fire Fitterer, which I think he should be the next one, honestly, to go because I I believe that the 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 roster is in worse shape than and than uh and Reich wasn't doing a good job. I I mean, yeah, it was only 11 games, but it was really really bad, especially on the offensive side, which he was hired. True, but what do you expect, though? Did you expect more with the roster they put together around Bryce Young? There there was comments from CGM who he thought the roster was in better shape. In the preseason, when they picked Bryce, their expectations were to compete for a division title because of what Steve Wilkes did last year. They expected to build on that, and it's been, especially the offensive line, that's been the biggest because they were actually, especially after Wilkes took over, the, the offensive line was actually a, really a strong point of the team. And this year it's been a complete disaster. They've had a couple injuries, but every team deals with that. Right. So there was no depth on the team. But just, just there, I could go on and on about what led to this. <laughs> I just wanted to get your thoughts. So is there an owner? Can we, can we look at somebody, an owner that started like Tepper and and was meddlesome and was really unsuccessful to start off their hmm. uh, ownership and, and has finally, you know, figured it out and and looked at themselves in the mirrors and said, I cannot keep being meddlesome and keep doing what I'm doing. That's a good question. I know people talk about the Ford family in Detroit because it's been passed on from, you know, a generation. And so the, 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 the owners are still family, um, but it's a different generation of owners. And so that's making a difference. But yeah, Detroit went through this for years with constantly changing coaches too, or not constantly, but a lot of coaching changes and, and certainly a lot of different kind of, you, you throw up a dart board and just kind of throw darts at it blindly. Um, that's a really good question about ownership changes and, and whether or not they've, they've made a difference. Um, so yeah, the, the, uh, Yankees too, you know, you think about what George Steinbrenner did different sport, obviously, and, and Hal has completely changed the philosophy and they have not won under the sun, uh, who's taken over. So yeah, it's kind of the opposite, but you can see how just even having it all in the family, if you don't keep the same philosophy, it can also kind of ruin the culture that was already established or, or change it, fix it. Yeah. I mean, I just don't. No, you know, guys like that are billionaires that have been successful like he has. He's obviously very smart, and I think he wants to win, and maybe that's it. He wants to win so much that he can't remove himself because 
uh, you know, my opinion, his next hire shouldn't be a coach or a GM. It should be a – they don't even have a – I don't think they have a team president or a president of football operations. Uh-uh. That's David Pepper's role. Mm-hmm. So they need to hire somebody above to make all the forward, forward you know, football decisions to hire the next coach, to hire the next GM. Yeah. Pepper should completely remove himself from any of those decisions because it's pretty clear those decisions he's had a hand in to start his you know first six years have pretty much been failures. So, mm. and he hasn't even given like he didn't give right probably not a fair chance. But. No, I and and I agree with you. <laughs> one one it, in ten sucks. Yeah, I do too. I hate. I mean, this is the guy they gave up. They don't even have a first round pick. Which is making the season even more miserable. The Bears are going to get our first pick, right. probably the number one overall. Yeah. Uh, so you know they got to wait two years, and there's so much that needs to be fixed on this team. It's just very little light at the end of the tunnel. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't really know where they go from here. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a tough sell now. Although there will be a coach that will take the job, but what kind of free agents or you know like great players would want to play in Carolina now? You're gonna have a hard time if you don't have draft picks, or you know if you don't have a high draft pick, you're gonna try to go a different route. I mean, a bunch of their games have been really close. You know, they've lost a couple of different games by three points. They've lost multiple games. I know they've been blown out a few times, but they've lost multiple games by a single score. So th- their record could look different. I, I do not blame the coach for turnovers. That's I mean, these are professional football players. They know better than to turn the ball over. You got to hang on to the ball. There's got to be ball security. I do think that Frank is a, is a good coach, but we'll never know if he was going to turn this into – even a, a solid competitive program because he barely, they barely probably don't even know his playbook yet. The whole thing. Um, yeah, just it's to me, it's way too quick. And this is continues to happen. You should have just given Steve Wilkes the job then if that's what you wanted. Right. But he did not. <laughs> if Wilkes was the only successful, mildly successful coach they've had, and he did it in half a season. Yeah. And turned around a team that wasn't even his guy. Right. Well, they uh, they played hard yeah. for him, right? I mean, the 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 players in the locker room spoke so highly of him and who he was. He had an established reputation, which Frank did too. But again, think about the number of guys on this roster that are first year, first year Panthers. I mean, you're it's a lot of moving parts. No, it's it's so dysfunctional. There was even reports of most of the team. A lot of the team found out their coach got fired on social media. Gross. That's how. Yeah, gross. That's how uh, dysfunctional things are right mm-hmm. now, and, and I just don't don't see uh, much light, much hope for the future. But I'll still remain a fan. But uh, I really feel if I don't have season tickets. I, I go to games every couple of years, every year maybe. But you know, I can't invest too much time and money into this team right now. I understand. I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. In fact, Matt, as I let you go, thank you so much. Have a great Tuesday. One of the reports that I heard coming out of Charlotte is that David Tepper was incensed by the fact that the most recent home games, fans are selling their tickets to the fans of the other teams. And so the noise and the applause, the roars for the other teams were louder than the the Panthers themselves. And that just made him so angry. Uh, So, yeah, decided that uh, he'd had enough. After 11 games, that's crazy. I mean, that'd be akin to hiring, I don't know, well, radio host if you wanted to uh, after 11 shows. But, I mean, think about it. Any position where you hire someone who is who you're asking to make major changes um, or 
you know, you're you're trying to make your restaurant go from a McDonald's to a five star and you hire a chef, but no, it's not happening quickly enough. I don't know, it just yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. There's no shortcut to winning, especially not in the NFL where the margin for victory is so slim. All right, on Twitter, A Law Radio, who are the worst owners in sports? Uh, who are the Worst owners in football, but also in some of the other sports, too. A lot of you are going with the Pirates owner, Bob Nutting. Uh, Many of you saying John Fisher with the Oakland, soon-to-be Las Vegas A's. Who else you got? I know Jay's made a list. (laughs) So we'll get to some of your answers. A little college football as well. We really didn't get much to Monday Night Football, but if you missed the conversation with Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings, he joined us earlier from Minneapolis. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the... This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. After Hours Podcast. Three wide to the left side for Ohio State. Fleming, Harrison, and Ibuka. Travion Henderson remains a tailback. Tight end Cade Stover, right side of the line. Ohio State glancing to the sideline for instructions. As we near the eight-minute mark of the fourth quarter, second and ten, Buckeyes of the Michigan 14. McCord back to pass with pressure coming, throws middle of field. Caught Harrison, who moves to the right side and slips into the end zone. Marvin Harrison. From the 37-yard line, McCord in a shotgun. Back to pass. Looking. Here comes the rush. He's hit as he throws, and it is intercepted. The Wolverines pick it off. It's the Ohio native. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. The calls on both the Ohio State and Michigan radio networks. The rivalry from Rivalry Weekend, although I kind of feel like Alabama and Auburn stole their thunder on Saturday night, but Ohio State at Michigan. And this was without Jim Harbaugh, remember? So he was not at the big house. Instead, had to watch from the comforts of wherever he was. I hope he was in town, at least, with the team. Uh, But he was serving out the final game of his three-game suspension. And I'm sure cheered for Rod Moore in the pick in Michigan territory with under 30 seconds to go that sealed that win. Uh, J.J. McCarthy actually is a third-year quarterback for Jim Harbaugh. Uh, He's now got three wins in three games against Ohio State. Anyway, he said that 
Coach Harbaugh spoke to the Wolverines Friday night before the game, and his whole message was team. Team, 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 team. Well, the whole team was certainly celebrating with that interception to seal the win over Ohio State. And, of course, it was the head coach who was watching from afar, but it was Sharon Moore who logged that win as the acting head coach. So the offensive coordinator stepping in for Jim Harbaugh, and uh, he certainly has the admiration of the head coach. Called a great game, coached the offensive line, and, uh, and made the decisions as the head coach. And, and I, I'm not saying that I'm in a position of, of uh, granting who a Michigan man is or who isn't or who a Michigan legend is or, or is not, not the maker of, of those two lists. But uh, I have nominated people before, and I nominate uh, Sharon Moore uh, as, a, as a Michigan legend. We always talk about never flinching, and our guys don't flinch, regardless of the situation. Um, so just a, just such a great response for our guys, and, and what you know, what you expect from a, a trained group like ours. Pretty cool. So now Harbaugh returns for the upcoming Big Ten championship, which takes place this weekend uh, against Iowa. So it's we were talking about the matchup earlier in the SEC, Georgia and Alabama, which is one versus eight. When it comes to the Big Ten, this one is under the lights, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, and it's 3 versus 17. So what becomes of Ohio State? That's a big question. If the Buckeyes drop out of the top four, well, then do you have Oregon move in? Because Oregon will take on Washington in the Pac-12 be the final Pac-12 championship as we know it, but the Pac-12, or could it be open for Texas, who was ahead of Alabama and beat Alabama head-to-head? So I don't know what happens if some of these other dominoes fall, but Texas wins the Big 12 in its final year in the conference, and Alabama would beat Georgia, then what? Because then the Tide would have a victory over the number one undefeated two-time defending champion Georgia Bulldogs. So then what do you do? Do you actually go head-to-head? There's a lot of debate over how much head-to-head should matter. But in a situation like this, we're told by our friend Jerry Palm of CBS Sports, who was on the show not that long ago, that they will use head-to-head as a marker when it applies in this isolated situation. Jerry also told us that Texas had the most impressive win of the year at Alabama. Well, if that's the case, then would the Longhorns get in before the Tide, even if the Tide won the SEC and beat the top-ranked team in the nation? I'm voting for chaos. Not that I get a vote, but if I did, I would vote for chaos. One more from Jin Harbaugh, which kind of cracks me up. I suppose he can afford to be nonchalant about the Buckeyes and the Wolverines and this great rivalry. He says it's not as intense as you may think from the outside. I'm not going to go as far as to say contrived. Uh, but I mean, it is hyped up. I mean, hyped up to uh, the ends of to no to no ends. Um, and you know, there's these are these are student athletes that are they're, you know young kids, young adults that are are playing this game. And all we ask them to do is go out there and play their very best. Um, <clears throat> so to answer your question, I, I think that is. It's very manufactured for the TV show that uh, that people want to want to watch and, and, and see, uh, but it's not healthy. 
is not healthy for for the for the student athletes on either side when you're trying to put that much uh, you know somebody's practically you know thinking it's life or death I would agree with that part hyping up the magnitude to the point where it feels like life or death because sports are very rarely life or death I mean they may be in communist China but that's not where we're talking about and I can't stand it when athletes get blasted on social media to the extreme of death threats. That is over-the-top ludicrous. Of course, when people have a lot of money riding on a game, they tend to get incensed. Can't control it, but decide they put their money on it. Well, that's on you, not on the athletes. So I do agree with his point about the athletes being in this pressure cooker in this fishbowl. At the same time, many of them choose to go to these larger schools for that exact reason. They want to be in the spotlight. They want to play in games like this. I do not think that the rivalry is manufactured. I do think the TV show and the hype goes over the top, but that's the case in any sport with any big game. I mean, welcome to the NFL every single week. In college football, we've got a a game of the year every single week, it feels like. So, yeah, there is some of that. The circus that descends on these games, when it's national TV, there tend to be uh, these other bells and whistles. For instance, I I don't love the Little League World Series. I never watch it. I think little kids should not be in that type of a fishbowl, and I don't think this should be on TV, playing a, a kid's game at that point. That's just me. But in college... When many of them have transferred in or, again, chosen these programs specifically for the facilities and for the opportunity to be on national TV to boost their potential to maybe play at the next level. Yeah, I mean, that's why they picked these schools. They are still young men, young women, if we're talking about women's sports. But they have to know this is what's in store. And I think the fans... There's no way you can create too much hype when it comes to the rivalry among fans, especially not with games like this one or Auburn and Alabama. You know anyone from the state of Alabama, you know you are forced to pick sides. Forced to pick sides. You got to be one or the other. It's a lifeblood in that state. And you know what? I'm marrying into a Texas family, and I keep getting asked the question of, am I Longhorns or Aggies? If you're a split family, you got to pick sides. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Who are the worst owners in sports? On Twitter, A-Law Radio. I'm starting to get your calls for photos of the burnt pie. Oh, dear. And then on our Facebook. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You are listening to the After Hours podcast. His heroics made a swoon this weekend. I'm the best ever. I am the greatest. Now it's time to name the After Hours Monday MVP. I need a hero. Three receivers left. 
Now Swift goes in motion. Hurts on a quarterback draw. He's at the five. He's in. Touchdown. The Eagles win. Hurts does it again. Oh, my God. Hurts does it again. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He's amazing. Yo, there's a party at Lincoln Financial Field. And the Eagles are 10-1. and one. We continue to find ways to win. We play together. We, uh... We've shown our resiliency um, day in and day out, game in and game out. We've been challenged in a number of different ways. Um, but we, we always find a way, you know, and that's something you can't really take for granted. Um, and it's hard to quantify. The voice of one Jalen Hurts, four of his career-high five touchdowns coming after halftime against the Bills as they rally from a double-figure deficit and... Not just that, fifth consecutive win for the Eagles when they were trailing by double digits. Goodness. Why don't you raise the degree of difficulty a little bit? Merrill Reese and company on Eagles Radio, your overwhelming choice for Monday MVP and that game winner, that bully run in overtime for Jalen. That's one of the candidates for After Hours TD of the Week. That poll is on our Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page. And, of course, you can find it on my Twitter, too. I'm starting to see your calls for the photo of the burnt and charred pie. (laughs) Beth says, I want to see the poor burned pie. It won't wreck your rep as a baker. I don't know. She might be generous. (laughs) Let's see. There's another one, too, uh, that says... Where, where'd it go? I want to see. Hashtag burnt pie. It's going to become a thing. It's going to trend. <laughs> I did send the photo to producer Jay, and then I sent it to my friend Danielle, who was listening to the story on the air, and her response was, OMG, there are no words. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. <laughs> well, that's not promising. <laughs> maybe I don't earn the benefit of the doubt, but maybe I'll post it just because why not? If social media can't make you laugh, then what's it good for? Jay, who are some of the worst owners in sports? How come no one's saying Woody Johnson of the Jets, by the way? Yeah, no one's saying Woody Johnson. Why? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think John Fisher's got to be number one for me. But a name that I'm just surprised I haven't heard yet, at least, I don't know. I don't think I've heard it. Jim Ursay of the Colts. One person on Uh, Facebook page says anyone named Ursay. I haven't. Yeah, I thought he'd be. He's also a meddler. Yeah, I figured he'd be one of the names that would be thrown out there kind of often. I mean, just look back a couple weeks ago, I guess a couple months ago now, with the Jonathan Taylor stuff and how ugly he let that get. He's a guy who likes to assert his own feel. Well, he's in, he's in, constantly yeah. breaking ranks with the owners, too, by saying things he's not supposed to be saying. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought he, he came to my mind immediately. Anybody else? Uh, I had Dan Gilbert. Just because, remember going back to the LeBron stuff mm-hmm. and how horrible that whole situation ended and how he, you know, wrote the letters to write something like that, if I remember correctly. So I, I taught Gilbert and those, and, and Fisher, well, he those wrote, my three. He wrote a letter in the paper. Right. Yeah. Like, like criticizing LeBron mm-hmm. and for how he left and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So those are my three, Fisher, Gilbert, and Ursay. All right. Uh, lots of John Fisher on our Facebook page. David says this, there is no question. Worst owner in pro sports is Fisher. He got rid of all the good players, raised ticket prices, and drove the team into the ground. All of this to move the team to Vegas. This is straight from the script of Major League. (laughs) So, yeah, there's one. I'm surprised how many are pointing to Jerry Jones. That actually really surprises me because as much as he's front and center and he's the owner, but he also wants to be the GM, 
I don't think you can look at the roster that's currently constituted and not think they he hasn't put together a fantastic roster along with his son, Steven. His daughter also works for the team, though not in the football department. Um, but the the scouting department that they have, I know that they haven't been to an NFC championship in what feels like 100 years, but they do have a really good team. I, I don't – yeah, I can't um, – I can't understand. I, maybe it's because of the longevity and because people are tired of his meddling, but I feel like their roster is one of the best in the NFL. I'm so with you. They're stacked every single season. The guy does everything he can to put that best product on the field for the Cowboys. I, I don't see how that could be a bad owner. It's not his fault that the team doesn't produce. He puts literally one of the best rosters on the field every year. Maybe one of the criticisms is he keeps coaches for too long. So Jason yeah. Garrett, there's one example. But honestly, yeah, you look at the roster and the, it's top notch. They've got an incredible stadium that's always sold out. An awesome home field advantage where they've won now 13 in a row. They've gone to the playoff when their quarterback is healthy. I mean, I know Dak Prescott had the serious injury a couple of years ago. Uh, I, I like his loyalty, actually. I know he's very involved, but I love the fact that he's loyal in a business where there is very little loyalty. The man puts literally almost everything he has into the Dallas Cowboys, whether it's his time, his money, his energy, his, his effort, family, his family. He, he's all about the Dallas Cowboys. And that's all you can ask for an owner for me. He wants to win. I mean, that yeah. all these owners that people are pointing to don't have winning as their top priority. Exactly. James Dolan of the Knicks, just ew. Um, Bob Nutting of the Pirates. A lot of you are saying uh, there's a bunch of Dan Snyder too, but mostly to say, thank goodness, this is not an option anymore. <laughs> So, yeah, good stuff. I appreciate it. We'll continue to take your responses uh, on Twitter, A-Law Radio, or on our Facebook page. Uh, the Will Ponds is another answer I've seen in a couple places as well. Yes, for me personally, <laughs> luckily I don't have to say that one anymore. <laughs> they would have been right up there. All right, so while we're talking about the NFC East, a lot of questions about Daniel Jones. As he rehabs from a torn ACL now, there's many people who think that he's done with the Giants, despite it being not even a half season since he signed that massive contract. What's it paying him? 45 a year? 40 a year? 44, 44 year. I believe. Yeah. All right, somewhere in there. Uh, but Joe Shane, who is the GM of the Giants, is saying, oh, yeah, uh, Daniel Jones is still part of this roster. It's five days off of surgery. Um, he's in there rehabbing right now. Um, you know, he's going to attack it. You guys all know Daniel and his work ethic. You know, probably a guy we're going to have to pull back. But the expectation is when Daniel's healthy that he will be our starting quarterback. Um, you know, again, we don't have a crystal ball in terms of how the rehab's going to go. You know, different patients respond differently to these surgeries. And, you know, whether it's going to be swelling in the knee or any setbacks, again, nobody has a crystal ball on this. But that's the expectation moving forward. Hmm. But do you still believe in Daniel Jones? I've seen it. I mean, you guys were all saw last season. I mean, the guy won ten games. He won a road playoff game for the for the Giants. I mean, you guys saw the old, the preseason. Um, again, I just think um, you know we got punched in the nose early on, and you know we dug ourselves a hole, and we weren't able to to, to get out of it. You know, we're, we're trying to right now, but still believe in Daniel and uh, the person. I'm glad somebody's gotta. But is this going to become a Zach Wilson situation? Now, I do think Zach Wilson is done in New York now. I thought he was last year. I do think he's done now. I, I just can't imagine the locker room would play with him or for him again. Um, but 
we know that the Jets have held on to him for a couple of years. They, this wasn't the plan for this year, obviously. But you were always one snap away as a backup quarterback from being the starter. So if they didn't want him to play, well, then he shouldn't have been the backup to Aaron Rodgers. They should have found somebody else. Aaron is an aging quarterback. There was always the chance he was going to get hurt. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's... A tough situation for the Jets. I'm going Woody Johnson as one of the worst owners in pro sports. I also think now Mark Davis, he's trying, but his decisions are bad, too. Uh, a lot of them are bad. The, the Pistons owner, I, the name escapes me, but that's a franchise that's been running to the ground as well. So you can continue to find that on Twitter or Facebook. And we're back with you tonight for The Hump Show. Have a great Tuesday. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. Boom! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.